How's it going, Yankee fans? Welcome back to Fireside Yankees with your boys, Alex and Ryan. Today, we're discussing three underlooked or, you know, underrated guys who might be a good option for the Yankees in free agency. Now, we don't have a lot of money to spend. We know the Yankees are approaching that fourth Steve Cohen tax luxury tax threshold tier, and they don't want to push beyond that. The tax is just tremendous, so they want to stay in the tier below so they can save a little bit of cash. But we know they've been trying to offload some contracts on the roster and clear some salary off the books, but they've been unsuccessful doing so. Instead, Brian Cashman has been more so promoting guys like Donaldson, promoting guys like Aaron Hicks, despite the multitude of reports that I've been indicated that he's been trying to offload them so you know we can kind of see through the bs you know i know he has to say these things maybe try to boost their value or convince other teams that they're worthwhile taking on uh but end of the day like mo many reporters have already said that they've been trying to offload these guys and now and then you know cash coming out and saying this and that about how confident he is in aaron hicks starting in left field or whatever it might be just Saul feels like a mirage um, and at any moment, you know, he could offload some players and, you know, clear some salary off the books, which is where uh, Ryan put together a really nice list for us. Three underrated players who could really impact the team or maybe play a, a supplemental role or play a role in general. So, Ryan, before we dive into the three players that you picked out for us today, how do you do today, my friend? I'm doing great. You know, we're, we are 31 days until spring training officially begins. You know, pitchers and catchers will start reporting uh, pretty soon. So we're going to get some sort of baseball action. Uh, as you mentioned, with the with, with the situation with some of the guys on the team that the Yankees may be looking to trade, we hopefully will get a resolution, whether that is confirming they're going to be on the team or uh, getting some sort of closure and, and finally uh, pulling the trigger on a trade there. Uh, things that, you know, kind of have hovered over the Yankees all offseason. And, you know, the Yankees have made, as you mentioned, they've kind of made all their big moves already, kind of the bigger splashes. I mean, they could trade for a left fielder. I know the Twins recently just acquired uh, Michael A. Taylor, which could force a situation where they might be more willing to move uh, a Max Kepler of sorts. But in terms of the free agent market, in terms of spending money, the Yankees are kind of tapped out, right? Carlos Rodon, Aaron Judge, Anthony Rizzo, Tommy Canley. Those were the, those are the moves they made. Uh, and, and I imagine those are the moves they're going to be happy as their uh, marquee signings. Um, but if you're looking at the Yankees currently and you're looking at the Yankees um, bench right now, if the Yankees are to move a guy like, let's say, Isaiah Kainer-Falefa, that opens up a spot in the in, on the bench for a backup infielder or some sort of just another utility man of sorts. And Josh Harrison is someone that the Yankees have been linked to by John Heyman. Um, on the surface, he's not a very impressive player, right? You know, 98 WRC plus doesn't stand out to someone necessarily, but he's a great defensive player uh, at second base and at third base. He is absolutely elite. You know, three defensive runs saved and three above, outs above average at second, uh, three defensive runs saved and one outs above average at third in a very small sample. Um, he's consistently been a very good defender at both those positions. And, and the big thing here is the offense got better throughout the season. Uh, the Chicago White Sox as a team really struggled to hit and struggled to hit for power early on in the year. And Josh Harrison was no different. He didn't have a single home run throughout the first two months of the season and then once he finally clicked in June he finished year with a 114 WRC plus hit for a high average increased his line drive rate um, this is a guy who's a very aggressive hitter he's not going to walk a lot and that's reflecting in his 4.3 percent walk rate uh, but his strikeout rate is also always going to be pretty low he's going to hit for a pretty decent average he's going to hit a lot of line drives he's someone that kind of fits what Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was trying to do for the Yankees except Josh Harrison definitely uh, can one generate more power and number two seems to be a better fit at a lower price for the Yankees. Harrison can also play the outfield a little bit, though not at a high level. Um, I imagine it wouldn't be hard to throw him in right field for a couple of games and occasionally, if absolutely necessary, throw him in left field. Um, the Yankees 
just kind of need more depth. You know, quite frankly, uh, if you're looking at Anthony Volpe, he probably isn't ready on opening day. And then if you look at Josh Harrison, you know, if he is to struggle, that's kind of an easy opening for Anthony Volpe. He had a $5.5 million option declined. He's not going to get more or even as much as $5.5 million. You imagine it'll be a uh, decrease from that in terms of his pay. So we could be seeing a one, two, maybe even $3 million for being generous uh, for next year. And that's pretty easy money to DFA uh, in a situation where he's struggling, Volpe's thriving, and then you call up uh, a Volpe uh, for Harrison. And if Harrison's doing very well, and then we, we're at the deadline, you could be more comfortable moving a guy like Glaber Torres and then allowing Volpe to fill in for that role because Harrison uh, would be a quality MLB backup. And if he's playing well, then you're going to be getting, you know, 100 to 105 WRC plus production with good defense in a situation where Volpe really struggles and just, I mean, it's a disaster. Harrison could uh, fill in for a little bit and be some major league caliber depth as he kind of rearranged the rest of your lineup around that. But ultimately, looking at Josh Harrison is kind of one of those things where you're not going to be paying a lot of money for uh, Josh Harrison. He projects to be a roughly league average hitter. He's a pretty good defender still. And, you know, you, you think about uh, upgrading over IKF at a cheaper price. That's definitely a way to do it. Uh, and you can never really have enough depth, especially in the infield where the Yankees have a lot of unproven players and young players coming up to take bigger roles in 2023. Yeah, like Josh Harrison, we discussed him kind of um, in depth a couple days ago. He's definitely an intriguing player in terms of a cheap signing with some upside, some veteran experience. You know, he's 35 years old, so he's definitely on the back half of his career at this point. But as you mentioned, he can play second base, third base. He could, you know, fill in in left field for a little bit if you needed him to to supplement any injuries. He's a good utility piece. You know, that was kind of the comparison we were trying to make. Is he's going to be? He'd probably be cheaper, probably much cheaper. Um, then Isaiah Connor Fluffa, since the White Sox declined Harrison's 5.5 million club option. So clearly they don't even think he's that valuable. Uh, but the thing is, Harrison can play more positions and more positions the Yankees need to fill right now. So, you know, hot corner, I IKF can play there. Second base, depending on what happens with Gleyber Torres, if he needs a day off or two, you know, if Volpe's up, you know, Cabrera can obviously fill that spot too. But if he's starting in left field, you know, you want to have another option there. Harrison can play left field, second base, and third base. IKF, shortstop, and third base. And I don't think that uh, the Yankees would prefer to, to you know, move Peraza out of shortstop. And if Volpe gets called up, I imagine he's going to be getting any alternative reps at shortstop if Peraza needs a day off or something like that. Um, so it's definitely something to discuss. Harrison definitely has some value. Um, but, you know, as you mentioned, a little bit more power to his game than IKF. He gets on base around the, a similar clip in his career, averages about 32% on base rate. Um, did get on base at 35% 2020 and 34% 2021. Dipped to 32% about um, his career average in 2022. Uh, so definitely worthwhile to, you know, maybe see what he's got. He's coming off a 98 WRC plus season, had two consecutive WRC plus seasons of 100 plus. Um, does have a couple of games of postseason experience, only four games in his career, hit 286 with a 375 OBP. Um, wasn't that bad, but again, the sample size is so small, it's not even worthwhile discussing. His last playoff game he played in was back in 2015 with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I'm not looking at Josh Harrison as like an impact piece that's going to like, you know, change the course of this team. Um, but he is a nice little supplementary piece that can fill in for injuries and whatnot at an extremely cheap price point. So you might even be able to make the argument that trading IKF, saving the $6 million, probably going to get Harrison for 2 or $3 million. You end up saving $3 million. Gives you a little bit of cash to maybe spend on a, a bullpen arm. And, you know, we're going to talk about one right now, uh, Ryan. So you had an option here, Will Smith. Will Smith is intriguing. Um, has pitched for, what, the Houston Astros, a couple other teams, the Dodgers. You know, this is a guy who um, has some decent pitch repertoire. Slider, you know, uses it at 48.2%. Four-seam fastball, 41.5%. Mixes in a curveball at about 9% every now and then. So he's got a couple of pitches. We, we know that... 
you know, Matt Blake loves his his sliders in the bullpen. You know, maybe you would have preferred a sinker, but, you know, four-seam fastball will do. Uh, saw an increase in his slider usage this past year by about 7%. Um, so definitely, you know, worthwhile, you know, taking a look at slider generated a 186 batting average against the 46% whiff rate and 25% put-away rate. Pretty impressive. Um, you know, it doesn't get a ton of movement, but, you know, I'll let you kind of dive into it, Ryan, in terms of what his pitches look like, what makes him... Um, an adequate pitcher, maybe someone who the Yankees might be able to use. Yeah, so, you know, when we're looking at Will Smith here, Will Smith is someone that, uh, quite frankly, is getting a little overlooked in the market, I think. You know, when you're looking at uh, left-handed veterans, Aroldis Chapman was coming off of a significantly worse year uh, and got one year, $3 million. Now, he did get take less money from the Royals than the San Diego Padres uh, uh, reportedly offered. I'm not sure what that number is. I can't really uh, detail that because I don't know. Uh, but I imagine it would be much more than $3 million, maybe $5, 6000000 million. Um, Will Smith could be getting a little bit less. You know, he wouldn't be necessarily asked to close uh and quite frankly the stint he had with the Astros was very telling of you know the kind of the blueprint of success going forward for him which is throw the slider way more his four-seam fastball really isn't a very good pitch anymore in terms of stuff plus it's a it's a pretty bad pitch right uh, it, it graded out uh with a sub 80 stuff plus 72.5 that's uh not good at all the, the location plus was 99 so below average location well below average stuff just not a very good pitch at this point, more of a show pitch. The slider's the, the pitch that you look at. It's a, it's, a, it's a plus pitch, right? Now, you know, as you mentioned, maybe a sinker, but uh, it's one of those situations where Smith still generates a decent amount of ride on his four-seam fastball, so it does play up in the zone, but the velocity just isn't there anymore. And, and on top of that, it's not like he has a deceptive angle he's throwing from. Typically, you see guys who are soft tossing uh, and throwing up in the zone uh, with, with ride. You think Nestor Cortez, right? You know, he throws his fastball, but it approaches the play at a pretty flat angle, so it's kind of hard to uh, pick it up and, and uh kind of read the pitch the whole way but Smith has more of a, a, a over to the top mechanics uh, so what happens is batters can kind of pick up when that pitch is staying up in the zone uh, they, they can read it pretty well so it, it got hammered last year Will Smith is someone who the Yankees kind of need some sort of left-handed help in the bullpen. Not necessarily that the Yankees won't do well without a left-handed in the bullpen but if they are going to sign a reliever they'd probably like to sign a left-handed one. Will Smith, despite the fact that last year he only had a 3.97 ERA, which is his worst over a full season since 2014, uh, you know, I don't really think it's too concerning on my end because of the, the good st stretch with the Astros, but uh, definitely something that is going to uh, hinder his market. The Yankee got a 278 Woba against uh, left-handed batters, meaning he really does well against them. He rarely walks them. He strikes out a ton of them. Uh, the big thing here is limiting the home runs, which I think using his slider more will help him do. You know, he's never been, really been a, an extreme ground ball pitcher either, so it's not like you're sacrificing anything uh, with going from your four-seam fastball to your slider. It's not like you're you know, giving up more ground balls or giving up fewer ground balls. You're just getting more swing and misses and quite frankly throwing a better pitch so um you know maybe smith is someone the yankees can look at maybe smith is someone who can kind of tap into what he was in, in years past which is you know one of the better relievers in baseball if you get you know 2021 will smith which is an 80 era minus which was a 344 era at the time you know 20 percent better than league average production um at the back end of your bullpen you're gonna feel really good about that and he does have some closer experience so you know i mentioned this in the article there are some games where you're going to be depleting you know clay holmes and jonathan lewisga in the eighth and ninth inning and then you have to go into extras and you know you're in a situation where you know maybe Michael King isn't available and Ronnie Peralta isn't available because they pitched the day before and you're not trying to push your bullpen too hard and Will Smith can come in and get some closer reps uh, if need be uh, kind of like how Lou Trevino is being used for the Yankees I think that would be a, a decent comp for uh, Will Smith but not going to cost a ton could be one of the better left-handed relievers uh, in the American League and quite frankly it's a flyer worth taking 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it is definitely a fire worth taking. Now, you have one more guy here who's underlooked, and, you know, Edwin Rios. So, interesting player, 28 years old, can play first base, third base, more of a, you know, infield utility guy, um, can play a couple positions there. Um, you know, doesn't have a ton of experience. He's played under 33 games in every season of his career. So he spent the last four years of the Los Angeles Dodgers, played in 27 games last season. But in those 27 games, he had seven homers with 17 RBIs. So this is a guy that's going to strike out 30 to 40%. You know, that's kind of where his career average lies at 32% strikeout rate. He has an 8.6% walk rate, did walk at 11.7% in 2021, again, small sample size. But the guy mashes, man. I mean, like, if you're looking for someone who's purely going to hit home runs, <clears throat> you know, maybe like, uh, I, I don't want to say he's like a Matt Carpenter, but seven home runs in 27 games is pretty damn impressive. Um, <clears throat> a little bit younger at 28 years old. You know, I wonder what he can offer a team on a, you know, supplementary role. Just maybe invite him to spring training, see what he's got. Um, and he can do some stuff. Third base, played 219 innings so over the course of his career and 162 at first base. Um, you know, he doesn't have the best numbers on the hot corner. You know, I imagine that first base probably is more of a supplementary role. So maybe you bring him in and he can fill in for Anthony Rizzo when called on. Um, and DJ LeMayu doesn't have to kind of help supplement there. He can just be a third baseman and just, you know, help uh, be stay healthy and, and just offer value at a position he played really well at last year. But tell me a little bit about Edwin Rios and why you think he might be a decent player for the Yankees to target. Definitely a cheap one. Um, his home run hitting capabilities definitely stand out. Yeah, you know, when we're talking about a guy like Edwin Rios, you know, compared to everyone else on this list, I think the floor is the lowest here. This has kind of the most potential to be, you know, a guy who you just sign and doesn't really do anything for you. Um, but I also think the ceiling here is pretty high, right? You know, he has 20 career home runs in under 300 at-bats. That's ridiculous, right? You know, last year he had seven home runs. And he didn't even get to 100 at-bats. He had an 86 at-bats a whole year. Um, you know, quite frankly, uh, he's a guy who's going to strike out a ton, right? He he's, does not have great plate discipline. You know, career 30 percent strikeout rate, 34% whiff rate. That's just not good, right? But when he does make contact, when he does put bat on ball, he absolutely demolishes the baseball, right? A career 15% barrel rate, a 113.5 max exit velocity in his career, a 47% hard hit rate. He lifts the ball pretty decently. Uh, let's be real here, right? You know, the Yankees aren't going to be signing him to play him at a starting position. You know, he's a corner infielder who's kind of not great in the corner infield and can probably have to, and will probably have to slide into the outfield, you know, just to get uh, at bats in the lineup. But, you know, the, the upside here is, as you mentioned, you know, you think Matt Carpenter, right? And it's, it's kind of hard not to think about that when you think of that crazy home run rate. You know, the Yankees could be adding a guy who, you know, has a minor league option still. So if you sign him, you can, you know, start him out in AAA and you don't have to, uh, like, you're not DFAing him or putting him on waivers to do that. You can sign him to a minor league deal. He was non-tendered. And I don't imagine that the market is going to be, you know, five, six million dollars for Edwin Rios. Quite frankly, that doesn't really make any sense based on his... um previous uh Winsboro replacement uh this is a guy who coming off of 2020 looked like a genuine like superstar or, or not even maybe superstar but like a really good offensive player for a Dodger team that was going to consistently be in World Series title contention and in, you know instead he kind of fell to the wayside and even after a good year last year I mean he wasn't bad at the plate 120 WRC plus slugged 500 the average was low but who cares you know um qu quite frankly you'd bring him in as a good bench bat you know if he's all coming off the bench as like your fourth uh, uh position player kind of the last guy to make it out of spring training um and he's giving you you know what he gave the Dodgers last year a little but though you know you'd hope it's over a larger sample maybe playing you know 200 at bats at most maybe 200 I think that's a good number for him and he gives you 10 to 15 home runs in that sample size and above average WRC plus you know that's a bat you carry into the postseason that's that's a bat you carry you know you kind of deploy when need be you think of extra inning situations he doesn't have a, a, a situation he's not a, a player that is 
um, prone to striking out a ton against lefties or not, not strike out a ton, but not prone to suffering against lefties. You know, he has pretty even splits. So this is a guy you can deploy in any really, really any situation if you just need a home run. Um, and, and I think that's valuable. I think having kind of a, a really high chance of getting a home run off the bench, uh, is something that many people don't really value for a team, um, that quite frankly struggles to hit home runs in the postseason. If the Yankees can get a guy like Rios who can come off the bench and, you know, you're facing a tough variety, you're thinking Christian Javier, you know, you're thinking, uh, maybe even Fran Bravaldo is a tough lefty there uh, or Lance McCullers Jr. And you have Jose Trevino coming up in the lineup. You could put Rios in there, have Higashioka ready to come off, come off the bench uh, and fill in as a defensive sub and have a really good chance to put, you know, a, a crooked number on the scoreboard with a ball in the seat. So, you know, Rios is someone that I think is going to be the cheapest option on this list, has the lowest floor on this list, but definitely has the highest potential in terms of just going out there and putting up some like video game numbers in the home run department. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, taking a couple of risky flyers on players that are going to cost you absolutely nothing is never a bad move. We've seen Cashman do this routinely every single season, bring in guys who are just going to cost you a couple bucks, see if you can get some value out of them, put them in triple, as you said, some minor league options there. Um, you know, what's the harm? He has really never gotten that much of an opportunity to start or rather be like a, an everyday player. Um, and the Yankees are certainly not going to consider him one. But if the Yankees need to supplement some injuries, supplement some fatigue, and he he's able to hit home runs and he's a lefty in Yankee Stadium, I don't see why the Yankees shouldn't give that type of player an opportunity. Like I said, very cheap. Why not? Unless they want to use that roster spot elsewhere on a different level or caliber of player. So we'll see how they go about this. This will be interesting. But just wanted to run through a couple of three uh, free agents that, uh, you know, could offer this team some value. You know, we're in the dead off season. We're trying to find some interesting things the Yankees can do. Brian Cashman did mention uh, that they do have some lines cast and there are some lines out and some opportunities um, kind of waiting to see if they can get anything done before spring training. Now, do I think they will? I think that, you know, if the right deal comes across his table, he won't hesitate. But for now, I don't think he's dying to make any moves unless it involves getting rid of some of the big contracts on the roster. But always happy to hear your perspectives below in the YouTube comments. Make sure to like and subscribe as always. Have a phenomenal rest of your day. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Yankees episode.